I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. I'm Mike. We got Max. We got Shane. We are all together here in downtown Toronto at 299 Queen Street West, hanging out. It's a sunny, hot day. We've now been through two full premieres of the show. We premiered it in Hamilton, which we'll talk about today. Uh, We got JFL coming up, which we've talked about in the previous pod. We are doing uh, Montreal, uh, the Best Hang, doing a live pod, and a dessert panel July 27th, it is a Thursday, and it's going to be a banger. And at the time of this recording, we're about 10 hours out from the launch of the dessert, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming if you're listening to this, It'll be you, could, you could turn the dessert on right now if you have Crave. Send us your thoughts if you've watched it. And even if you don't want to watch it, just play it, like stream it, loop it. Let it run. We want those streams. And if Let you don't have Crave, that's even better. Yeah. Because if you get Crave for the free trial and then stream the show, yeah. That counts like extra towards us getting a season yeah, yeah. two. So, I, dear pod listener, think about all of the free entertainment we've given you for the last <laughs> like, know, six or seven years. We're not asking for much. We're asking you to sign up for a free Crave membership. Like, do it right now. And you know, better yet, pay for it. Pay $10 for one. How much is it? 15 bucks? I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's like $8.99. $8.99. Yeah. Whether it's $5 or $20, pay it right now. Because that is your thank you to us. And then you're going to tell, you're going to watch the show. You're going to love the show. Then you're going to tell your friends about the show. Or get the month free, stream our show, love it. And then with the intention to cancel, but Crave has so much great stuff, not that I'm a show for the company, uh, that you might end up staying because you're like, ooh, I can watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Maybe I'll go back and watch some True Detective. Succession? Succession. You know, they got so many. I watch Crave out of all the streamers, maybe the most. It's worth it. It's worth it. And now it has the dessert. Yeah, has the dessert. And I want to get to all the all that. But a few orders of business real quick. Ooh, book club. We're starting a book club. Okay. On this podcast because 
we're going to get the author of said book on the pod as a guest. So I tweeted about this. I Instagrammed about this. The Whispers by Toronto's own Ashley Audrain came out to rave reviews. Uh, New York Times called it an amazing book and a bunch of other nice things. Actually, I don't know if they said an amazing book. But they, I, I like that you're now attributing <laughs> fake quotes <laughs> to publications. It was a glowing review from the New York Times. Well, I know I got a glowing review from Max Kerman. It did. And I, I saw I you it. posting on the socials. And I was like, I thought we were going to hold back. The three of us were going to read it well, at the same time. I, but I want to get some love as it's in. It's like release got month you, or whatever. The New York Times in their review said, we really want men to read this this book because there's a lot of motherhood stuff and there's a lot of like the perspective of being the wife in a relationship. So it's really important for men to, uh, to read this book too. And I got so many DMS from people saying like, this book is so fucking sick. Thank you so much for the recommendation. I know Ashley Audrain, I know her through manager Ash and she's been getting DMS from like our Kells fans. Like, oh, I love that when your favorite band recommends a book by your favorite author. Anyway, uh, it is a psychological thriller about young families and weird stuff going on in the neighborhood and it is very dark it feels very true in some ways that people may experience in their life in various chapters of their life especially as young parents so it might hit you guys super hard you too it might hit home a little too close you might have to put down the book wow jeez uh, yeah That's this seems tease. like the least likely book ever that you would be reading oh yeah a hundred percent i only read it because i know her and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this person a solid. I'll read the book. And I told her this. I kind of hated reading it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> the another poll quote. Another review. <laughs> yeah, another poll quote I know. I told German. her. I was like, this. I sent her. This is the text. No, I don't think it gives away too much. Uh, yeah, no spoilers, you know bro. Question: Does listening to an audible version of this count? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's totally fine. No further questions. <laughs> okay, so that that that's that. I was, we were also just talking about the delay in the last pod getting up. And I was thinking about, you know, you guys, Mike's been in bands. Yeah. Shane has been in different like creative groups, you know, when it comes to like making stuff, right. Whether it's a music video documentary with Mark Myers work stuff. Um, you know, now we're all part of this group, the dessert group. Okay. On a scale of 10, five is the median. Mm. 10 is the most neurotic. One is the least mm -hmm. neurotic. Where do you think the dessert lands on the scale <laughs> of group neuroses? Because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of egos to manage. And, and it's very funny because with every possible conversation, there's always one person going behind, go, Oh, we just got to make sure that we don't offend uh, so-and-so, or we got to make mm -hmm. sure that oh, someone's a little sensitive about <laughs> that. Oh, someone's a little, and I yeah. identify this because in the band, we're doing that all the time. We're always like, Ooh, I don't know if someone's so like that. Ooh, I don't know. And you're trying to manage it because you don't want anyone feelings to get hurt yeah but i wonder and i don't think this is unusual because i think in all like creative groups especially people in comedy who are famously sensitive mm. where do you think you guys stack up on a scale uh, on the spectrum 10 being the, the most neurotic yeah one being there's a spectrum of neurosis or neurosis how do you say that neurosis. whatever it is yeah yeah there's a spectrum of that and i think i am forward-facing neurotic uh Poplis is in the middle of that uh, neurotic scale. Uh, Mike is forward facing comfortable, mm. but I think Mike is neurotic in his own way. It's just not forward facing. Ah, so he's cooler on the surface, but underneath it, he's thinking about all the angles. Yeah. Like for, for it to be, <laughs> I like that take. for it to be revealed in Mike, you'd have to really get to know him to understand him and how he's neurotic. But for me, I think it's the reverse. I think the more you get to know me, I'm kind of normalized mm. in a weird way. On the way. surface, you seem like you're, you could be a little weirder. Yeah, Alex was saying this yesterday, actually. She's like, you're 
secretly one of the most normal people ever. It's just nobody mm. knows that really. Uh. And I was like, oh, I like this take because you know I never hear that. Uh, but yeah, Pablis and I are very similar in how neurotic we are. Like we're both socially awkward. And you think Pablis is socially awkward? Yeah, which you wouldn't think because he is loud and boisterous, but mm. he can be terribly awkward socially. Mm, and at a party, you can see him just kind of being in a corner which you might attribute to me more so. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm definitely kindred with him in, in that way. And Mike's obviously not that at all. Mike, what do you think? I think Shane, that was a pretty, that's a pretty, I think, accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think also too, like in general, I don't know. Didn't you guys find your level of, we've talked about this in the pod before, neuroses or like engagement on stuff or like your ability to get moved in a way that will sort of disturb you or you're like, oh, you get flustered. Don't you find that that like, um, calms with age as well mm, yeah definitely totally you know what i mean it's yes. like shit that would have spun me out 10 years ago yeah i can like literally sort of take in or read or sort of can you know textualize a situation that i'm in and then i, I kind of just move on that is very true yeah yeah it's so much more of a chaotic experience when you're young because like your brain isn't as developed or something i think that's the science behind it and then also mm-hmm. you don't have any money you know yeah and then you're also unsure about your future but yeah. now when you have a little bit more stability it's much better that being said, I do find I have a lot on my plate right now and I'm being asked to do a lot of things I'm not good at, like mm-hmm. respond to emails, uh, read emails, um, <laughs> read books, yes, read, reading books and do another job <laughs> and be a parent. So yeah. I have been quite overwhelmed. So uh-huh. I am, uh, I'm trying to talk to people who have ADHD, get help from them. Do you think you have ADHD? Like I'm probably like I could be on a poster for ADHD. Really? I, I'm the worst. Like um, it's hard for me to read. It's hard for me to retain information, which is a big huh. tenant of ADHD. Uh, going through school was a nightmare for me. But luckily I have some friends with ADHD and I've been chatting with them about it and they've shared some helpful tips and tricks to cope with the uh, nagging symptoms. Is it drugs? Well, I don't want to say. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something I'm seeking out heavily because (laughs) my life is like, it's so hard for me to Uh. sit down, like an invoice, for example. Invoice Uh. should take a, a normal person a minute to do. It can take me 20 minutes to an hour. To sit down, I, I will physically shake just filling out simple forms, mm. like very straightforward, simple forms. Interesting. I, I can't Alex do that either. Do it. I know, like um, your relationship with manager Ash is very similar to my relationship with manager my wife, Alex. Alex. <laughs> manager <Yes>. Alex. <laughs> simple everyday tasks I find uh, hurts my brain, tummy, heart. I shake. Me, me too. Yeah. But maybe that's because we're stupid and it's too overwhelming. I don't know. I don't think that. I do not think. You're I just stupid, attribute Max. that my version is just I'm an idiot. Like that, it's not ADHD, but maybe ADHD is the more kinder, scientifically proven. Well, you're assessment. very high functioning, and because you found something that you're succeeding at on such a grand scale, they always say ADHD people can only focus on things they're truly passionate about. Uh, and you're like a musical savant or whatever, and are so yeah. successful mm-hmm. that you've never had to function in society the way a normal person would. That's true. I'd be, I think about this all the time. I'd be so bad in a normal job. Oh, I'd be so terrible. Thinking about it makes me un- uncomfortable. Speaking of you in a normal job, I was at a family, or not family, it was like a neighborhood uh, Canada Day celebration where they put up fireworks and everyone brought their kids around and Winona goes to school with a couple of neighborhood kids. So one of the dads was like, hey, come out. You know, people bring coolers, you have food beers. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Dan was like, you go. I'm going to hang out with the baby, jump on the Peloton. I'm like, fine, I'll go, whatever. So we're hanging out. It was a great time. It was a great, great time. But I overheard. Glad someone's using the Peloton. <laughs> 
Me too. <laughs> that thing was not fucking cheap, and she is crushing it now. But it's kind of making me feel guilty. Like I'm like, I'm gonna look back on this, and it's like the end of my marriage was like, I should have known when she started using the Peloton. <laughs> started getting in shape. It is a sign, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, I'll, I'll get on it too at some point. Uh, maybe end of summer. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm at this fucking fireworks display and it's it's a great hang but i overhear a conversation between like two rando dads behind me and one of them is like something something i just hear our cows fucking across it's like the boss is coming it's like that's on the bus coming it's, it's about working at fucking Eastside Mario's. That's what I heard, like from over my shoulder. Oh, you which knew was the like, real story, and I didn't even know that that oh, song yeah. was about your Eastside Mario oh, stint. Yeah. I got fired at Eastside Mario's. I we know oh, that. Yeah. I didn't realize you wrote the bosses coming yeah. about your one, like one of your only real jobs. Yeah, I think people thought it was when I was working like a steel mill or something like that. But yeah. nope, Eastside Mario's. Did done you ever work in a steel mill? No. Did you worked like in a, like a lawyer's clerk or something, or like yeah, I was in a, a log, log legal lo- library. Yes, and I also worked. Uh, at a newspaper adjacent office where I was like responsible for filling Get your the newspapers. You were a newspaper boy. <laughs> That'd nice be a cool lot. job. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So it's literally like, oh, the boss is coming. It's not some government metaphor. <laughs> no, no, it's literally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like boss is coming. Oh shit. You, okay. Gotcha. You better not be sitting. Was that what the Yeah, yeah. I would just be hanging out eating you know, the free bread. Oh. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. The complimentary bread. Yeah. They're not paying See, I always think there's some deeper no. meaning. Like your taxes, the man is no. doing yeah, okay. That's cool though. I like that idea. Yeah. So I learned this weird tidbit from <laughs> a rando dad that was like twelve feet away from me talking loudly. Knew. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Hamilton folks, man. Man, geez, we're getting old. Yeah. Anyway, what? Uh, tell me about the premiere. Uh, Hamilton premiere. Yeah, we premiered, uh, did a big screening at the Zoetic, like a lot of family and friends. Jane and I were just talking uh, about this this screening, and it was interesting because the one at the Paradise here in Toronto, a lot of press, a lot of industry, other comedians, things like that. There was a lot of different types of industry people there. And in some ways, that felt like, I don't know, like work like the show was personal mm-hmm. we put a lot into it obviously but that felt like oh we're gonna get up and talk but you know who the audience is you kind of realize what it is you're sort of displaying it in a way that is very sort of calculated when it came to the zoetic and the hamilton you know that's like a 300 person uh theater and it was packed with family and friends that's and so cool. people i like i went to high school with but then all of a sudden like my in-laws were coming like the whole strikes my family like danica's whole side and wow. then, like, my cousins and so at first leading up to it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like loosey goosey. This is cool. It's like a fan. It's a room full of love. But then it weirdly actually took on something more as we got closer. It had higher stakes in a weird way, because for a lot of them, it's like what we do and create, it's kind of nebulous. Like it's like, oh, he works in TV and he kind of directs yeah. commercials and he writes whatever that is. And sometimes he does TV shows and he had one on Crave. So it's like, I started thinking like, oh, wow, we're like actually doing this in front of family and friends. And anyway, so as we got closer, I started to feel that the moment came where we got up, we did the exact same sort of format where Shane and John and myself got up and said a few words before. Then we screened it. We did like a Q&A after. But for me, it was like it went just about as great and sort of heart filling. It gave me all the feelings that like I didn't even know I would necessarily feel. And it felt awesome. And people really responded. So that was sort of my perception of it. Shane, what were your thoughts as you sort of built this thing? Because it was in your neighborhood. That's the yeah. theater you know. You know those people. You set this whole thing up. Well, I, I gave a speech at the Toronto screening or whatever. I said a few words and Max liked it. But I, that I, was awesome. I felt stupid saying it because when I looked out into the crowd, I was giving an emotional speech to a crowd I didn't have an emotional connection to. Yes. So Paris. for the Hamilton screening, I, I said a few words and it was very silly words and it was very funny and I was happy with how that went over. But Kill I just- in the room. I just wish I switched speeches because ah. my the speech I had for Toronto it would have been so much 
it would have just been more poignant at the Hamilton thing and affecting. And you wanted to be funnier. Well, my Toronto speech would have been funnier too Mm -hmm. if like I I went through with my whole speech, but I didn't. I backed out and pulled the shoot just because I didn't feel it was appropriate anymore. Like, uh, you know, you pre-plan something and then you, you have to call audibles. But the Hamilton one, it literally was something I'll be talking about for 10 years for a long time just because the sheer volume of people who came out i Mm -hmm. couldn't believe it like thank goodness we didn't open it up more which i I was considering doing because there was maybe 10 spots available that's awesome like people had to sit on couches in the back we had to get people to like not leave a a one seat space we were like can you please like where were you guys sitting in theater during the show I sat front row just because yeah. I didn't want, because after you say a few words, people make note of you. Oh, that's the guy in the poster. And I didn't want to come in the middle and then people feel pressure to laugh or. So you sat right on the front. The front. To make yeah, we a little, came off stage yeah. and then me and you sat. Mm-hmm. So Shane and I sat together in the very front row, which was a cool way to sort of experience it. And then we could also sort of like, if something hit or something didn't, we could say a little something to each other. It's like, is this too loud? And then Shane's like, oh, Meyer said it would be really loud in the front row. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, like little yeah. things like that. But. Man, it was great. And it was, yeah, it was, it was really, uh, it was cool, man. Like, and then there was a little after, there was an after party after. And I, where, where was the after party? It's called Stone Roads. Like <laughs> they opened up just for just us. Oh, like, normally they're closed on this night, but we promised 40 people would come. I think he came. Oh, a hundred something. Yeah. Uh, so they made a killing. It was, yeah. So that was actually from the stage. Cause I was like, oh, and hey, everyone, you know, if everyone wants to have a drink and you know, we'll talk about the show afterward, we'll all be at Stone Roads across the street. But I'm saying this to like 300 people and, and Shane's like, yeah, it only holds like uh, 40 people. And I was like, it's going to be a race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can actually get in. Uh, but yeah, it was slammed in there. And it also, was just I great. do like the idea that like, oh, finally our families who don't understand exactly what we do get to see what we do. And like the third sketch is like full frontal male nudity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crossed my mind. I asked Danica, I was like my father-in-law, Owen. I was like, and he's a serious dude. I was like, was Owen laughing? Was Owen laughing or whatever? And apparently he was, he was laughing a lot. So I was oh, like, great. I, I wish I'd sat with, him. I just didn't know exactly. Uh-huh. Where they were because it was, you know, that's always an interesting test when it comes to like people our parents' age, what they'll actually laugh yeah. at. Because, because I, I showed my parents some of the sketches, and I, there was some stuff that I thought they might not find funny because it's maybe gross or inappropriate, but they were laughing. Sometimes, sometimes old people uh, have a little bit more of a you know twisted humor sense of humor than you also think. Also, never yeah. underestimate the ability of a crowd to sway how you yeah. feel about the material. So, if you know a room full of three hundred people are laughing their asses off at something crazy on screen. Even if it's like like you're into it, you know what I mean. So you're like, oh my god, they're doing something that people are responding to, which is is really good. Actually, and your in laws, uh, John and Lorna, shout out to them. They brought out thirty people. They brought out thirty. Uh, I'm people. Sure. They they're so like, proud. Yeah, it was great. But their friends loved it. John, my father in law, was sending me uh, messages that he was getting sent. They were all very complimentary and you know felt real and genuine. Like you wouldn't have sent them if they didn't say anything. Biggest so. show on the planet coming right right to your That's screen. Right. On That's just a, an example of uh, hopefully the joy the show will bring you when it comes out on Crave. When you hear this, it will be out on Crave. <laughs> but it was funny. I was watching it and I was kind of like you in the crowd, Max. I was like, this is too much. This is too crude. There's like too many fart jokes. Like, do you have to do that? Because you do feel a little embarrassed in front of all these people. So it's just like, there's too much. We could have taken a tonal break here and here. Like, there's just all too much. So I know what it's like to be you, Max. And I apologize for ever railing against your notes. No problem. Hey, man, we, we made it. We made the finish line. Hold up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I'm very happy. I wasn't able to go to the show because I had a six-month-long commitment. That's a Weezer show? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because, no, seriously, like, when the show was announced, my 16-year-old niece, Emma, was like, you have to take me to Weezer. You have to take me to Weezer. And it was kind of fun because when I was 16, I was covering Sweater Song. And my neighbor Jimmy would have been, like, 14 or 15 when when Blue Album came out. And he loved that whole record. Yeah. And now Emma's favorite record of all time, and she's 16 in 2023, is Weezer. The Blue Generation. So wow. it's interesting that every 16-year-old, no matter what finds the blue album. Yeah, finds the blue album. It is an amazing, amazing record. It's like, so that good. That isn't to me, and maybe it's just my generation, but uh, like you said, like now you have a 16 year old niece that's mm-hmm. into it. I think that song is one of the, or that album, the blue album, is one of the greatest American what about albums Pinkerton? ever made. I thought Pinkerton I love Pinkerton. Trust me, Which I love Pinkerton. Which has Say It Ain't So? That's blue album. Okay, blue's blue the album best. has like Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, The Sweater Song, Only in Dreams, Jonas. Surf Wax. They open with my, my, my name, name is Jonas. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that like song. Like that record front to back. Like, oh, it's like, it's no one else. Like that record is, I think one of the great American records. It never gets mentioned really probably. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about, you know, whatever the, I don't even know what would be on the list. What do you think the five greatest American records are? Uh, I don't even know where to be in. Born, Born in the USA, thriller. Bon Jovi, Thriller. Thriller would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was fun because your brother Greg was supposed to come, but he yes. had to go to Las Vegas. And uh, as we know, Greg's favorite band of all time is Weezer 100%. and his best friend, Dan, they share a bond of Weezer and Dan was there and Rivers started to do some acoustic stuff and there's other tunes. And I don't know every one of their songs, but Dan starts like freaking out. Being like, I can't believe they're playing this song. This is like fucking was cool. It, Jamie? it was, uh, I, so I sent the videos to the group chat I have with your brother and Dan and then Greg, who by the way, is usually like the coolest cat around. He yeah. like, doesn't like to, yeah, that's cool. You know, he's pretty like laissez-faire about stuff. Capital letters. He played Longtime Sunshine Acoustic. <laughs> like with, with a thousand question marks and exclamation points. I'm dead. Like Greg never says I'm dead. Did he spell it D-E-D? <laughs> no. Oh, my he God. Goes, and Greg goes, 
I'm so jealous. Oh my God. This is like in high school when Andrea Zelinskis called my house phone and left a crappy version of them playing across the sea for the first time in years at the Toronto show I didn't go to. Devastated. I would have cried tonight. I might have to travel somewhere to go to see this show. That's what Greg said? That's that what Greg sounds said. like awesome. a 15 year old stole his phone and started texting for yeah. him. That's doesn't sound like Greg. That is well. so not my brother. But this is, we spoke to this a bit about when we're talking about Ash going to see Shania. Yeah. Like these, yeah, these so artists cool. that mean something to us, this is the value of them and what they mean in our lives. And what music can do for you is you can turn into a 15 year old you were. Yes. You know, years ago. Even my, even that's a, how I feel even like watching Joel Paskett. Like yeah, yeah. That's how you get about Joel. Joel Paskett. Are 16 year olds not allowed to go to shows by themselves? Why you think I should have come to Hamilton? No, no. <laughs> I, just you say that you had to bring no, her. No, but I, it, was, it was like a bonding experience. Oh, she gotcha. was like really yeah, excited because yeah. she's in a Weezer. I'm paying for her drum lessons. She's like discovering cool music. Like we're going to concerts together and stuff like that. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. So she was like, the only, like at the beginning of the year, I was like, let's go to some concerts. She's like, anything on that? She's like, well, the only one I go to is Weezer. So I went to that. It was cool. And I got to say, Weezer, we've all seen Weezer lots of times over the last 20 years. Like they're just kind of always on tour, it would seem. And they're, they're a funny band because they definitely have hits, but famously Rivers is like a nervous personality. He doesn't exactly the most like natural performer, Yeah. but with age, as to your point about like just becoming more comfortable with yourself and less neurotic, he's turned into like a total ham. Like he's like very oh, silly. It looked so silly. Yeah. I, I was not disappointed, but definitely a little taken aback of all the outfit changes. And he's like turning a big crank and doing like jokes. And <laughs> yeah, he totally was. felt a little sillier than. No, because I think there was a period of time when he was just so ridden with anxiety that he just didn't move on stage. And then he didn't really say anything in the crowd. But this time he was like talking to the crowd, telling stories about the songs. They had this one bit. So the whole uh, stage design was very impressive. It looked like the dash, a massive dashboard of a car. So there's a big steering steering wheel. Mm. There's a radio dial. There's volume on it. The drummer is above the dashboard. Like that's sort of his rider, but it's going across the entire stage. And then what would be the mirror, like where the windshield wipers would be, was a massive screen. So behind them, it looks like you're going on a like a road trip through America. It's called the Indie Rock Road Trip. That's the name of the tour. There's also another screen above it where that looks like uh, a rear view mirror. So you're seeing the road in front of you and then on the rear view mirror, like the trees passing by and the stuff that you just saw on the screen that's ah. going behind you. So it's very, very clever. But they started a song and it, I thought there was an issue with the, the equipment because like the guitar wasn't loud enough. So, huh, I was just thinking to myself, he goes, it feels like we gotta be louder than that, right guys? Yeah, what do you what do you think? And then he goes back and turns up the volume to six. Yeah. And then they start the song and still could be louder. And then he like turns up to eleven and they go into the song. So like, oh, what a ham. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but it it was awesome. It's it a was, fun bit. Yeah, it was it was it was a cool show. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. would have loved it. I've seen Weezer, I think, three times, twice maybe, but not in a long, long time. Also, their drummer, I think, for a while insisted on playing guitar and they had to bring in another drummer. Pat Wilson? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Pat Wilson was playing guitar for a bit on tour. Like That's this was like funny. ten years ago, and they had to have another drummer. But now it's just the four of them again. Oh, really? So <laughs> yeah. now he just drums. There's like a, there's an old clip you can find. Jay Leno used to do this bit called Jaywalking, and I think it was a downtime in Weezer's career, like maybe like two thousand and like three, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Jaywalking is like you go and you do these bits, like man on the street stuff. Yeah, yeah. And dude, they're just in LA doing them, and dude like knocks on the door, and some fucking very normal apartment and Patrick Wilson answers and he's like, Hey, we're doing a thing for jaywalking or whatever. And he's like, Oh, it's like, what do you do? He's like, I play in a band. It's like, what band? He's like, Weezer. It's like, you're in Weezer. Completely coincidental. Wow. You can find this segment online where basically this Jay Leno segment, they ran, run into Pat Wilson living in some nondescript apartment. Knowing what you know about TV though. Now, do you still believe it was random? I do. Uh, good question. I, I, I haven't watched hmm. it in a decade. Mm. We'll watch it after this, but I think that it is it absolutely is just coincidental. I think that, yeah. You, you know what's fun, actually, similar to that? Um, 
so my friend Kyle Davidson, who's the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, he's a nice fellow from Sudbury. Um, he was walking down the street in Nashville and some like NHL blog interview. That. Did you see this? Did you see this? No. The guy goes up to a man on the street kind of interviews like, hey, where are you, where are you from? Uh, he's like, I'm from Chicago. And he's like, oh, what, do you know anything about the NHL? Because the NHL drafts tonight in Nashville. He's like, yeah, I know a little bit. And then uh, he's like, well, um, name 20 players. Name as many hockey players as you can in 20 seconds. And then he's like. From Chicago. Yeah, 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 from Chicago. No, he, I don't think he said name Chicago players. Oh, he just did. I see. Yeah. So he, oh yeah. So he's like, have you been to Nashville before? You're from Chicago. Have you been to Nashville? He's like, I've been here a couple of times to see the Blackhawks. I'm a big Blackhawks fan. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, name as many hockey players as you can in 20 seconds. He's like, okay. uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Jonathan Tate. And then he starts going through all the Chicago Blackhawks. So he starts slow and then he starts slow as if he's just a really, you know, uh, middle of the road hockey fan. And then they're like, Oh, this guy really knows his his Blackhawks. Crazy. And then it turned out the guy genuinely, it would seem didn't know. Do you think the the interviewer didn't know that he was the general manager of the Blackhawks? There's no way the interviewer knew. Yeah. Cause he, and he never admitted it. No, he he never admitted it. He was like, my name's Kyle from Chicago. But he, but he's a 35 year old dude who kind of looks like us. He's like wearing his hat on, baseball hat on. It's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, made the rounds. Um, but yeah, my brother couldn't go to that show because uh, he's in Vegas, as we said, and he's down in Vegas with the Toronto Raptors because it is Vegas Summer League, which we've talked on this pod about one of these day, one of these years yeah. in the summer, we got to go to Vegas and check out all these games at the Thomas and Mack Center to be really fun. So Greg, like a week ago, was like, yo, he's like, I'm going to be with the team for two weeks in Vegas. Like, I'm staying at the hotel. Like, I got this room. He's like, fly down. He's like, we'll check out some games and just hang out. And I was like, Greg, I got this show coming out. We're doing premieres. I got two kids. I'm like, we're going to JFL in Montreal at the end of July. I'm like, you think I can fuck off for like three days to Vegas right now and go see the Raptors? And he's, I'm like, no, really, do you think I could? Because uh, <laughs> I'd fucking love to. Uh and anyway, I was like, no, there's just no way I can do that. So I, I go home and I'm trying to think, like, maybe we'll bring the family. Like, is Vegas good for a baby? I don't know. And so I was like, Dan, like, would it be weird for us to, like, go down there? And, and we got a room to stay in. She's like, Greg's like, the whole family can stay in the room. And literally, as a joke to her, I'm like, you mind having a family of four stay in your room? He's like, I think we can make it work. And he's like, he's like, I'm literally just down here by myself for, like, two weeks. I'm like, oh, my God. So anyway, we talk, we talk. We realize it's not practical. And so I literally texted Greg earlier today. I was like, how's Vegas going? And this is so Greg. He goes, it's been great. It's insanely hot, but we just stay in the hotel most of the time. Team is fun. I got the hotel to give me a fridge so I could go grocery shopping and save a lot of money on overpriced Vegas eats. Life is good in Vegas so far. <laughs> Literally 10 minutes later, Danica, who is honestly the best, and you know, I usually don't share this much on the pod. She texted me. I keep thinking about Vegas and feel terrible that this opportunity might pass you by. If you went solo, what would be the plan? Oh! Wait, is this a Vegas announcement right now? <laughs> Are you going to Vegas? I don't know. If I do, I might leave like Saturday morning and come back like Whoa. Monday. I, this, I, this is happening in real time. I don't know. I don't okay, know. Okay, here's, do. here's a really hard question. Okay. Tonight is the open bar yeah. friends and family event for our, our friend Adam Birchall's yes. bar, Paris, Texas. You have been invited to that. This yes. is down the street from your work. Yes. All of your friends are going to be there. I know. Do you think it bodes well for you going to Las Vegas on Saturday if you're going to an event on Thursday? Every night counts when you got two people under five years old in your house. This is part of my equation, Max. Oh. This is I, do I do I ditch tonight and then maybe go to Vegas on Saturday? But I can't go on Friday. I know. I, I trust me. I'm trying to figure this out in real time. Wow. I did tell her. This I'm like, gr- that's crazy. I'm like, that's so nice. Love you. Thank you. That's so kind. Do you think you'll have to cut your hair because it's so hot in Vegas? No, nah, man. I'm thinking to cut my hair anyway. Oh, I'm interesting. Just like, oh. You know, I'll be like staying a in a fancy ass hotel. Uh, full cut. 
No, just like a cut to like my chin sort of deal. A little bob. Yeah, like right now I'm really getting into like hippie George Harrison territory, uh-huh. which is like, that's longer than I ever thought. I just haven't had time to like, and also like I want to keep my hair long, but I also don't want to get it like cut by a rando because it's like, I don't know mm. what it's going to look like. So I am going to chop it. I just don't know how short, but I'm going to get out of this like hippie dippy thing at some mm. point. Yeah, I feel like you asked because you when you went you it is or whatever you feel like it's too long and that's okay. I you think it's a little me. too long. It's too long. It's not the it's not. You're the, it's always the wrong a handsome vibe. person, but I don't think you're as handsome as you could be right now. Right, right. That's Thanks. my. Okay, well, I'll take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so I, I don't think know, you maybe used I'll, to be handsome too. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but anyway, I'm going. I, I might go to Vegas. I don't know. It's it's a developing story. This is story. hard because you hard. have the the carrot in front of you tonight. I know, and but she's already fun. put it in text. That's basically a contract at this point. Anything <laughs> you do, just be like, look, like you said this. Yeah, and she already knows you're going tonight. She does. Like it, it would obviously bode well if you had maybe a few drinks, stopped in and left. But that's hard to do. <laughs> Especially sure. open bar, you know, and it's Birchie. We're very excited that he's opening. Like you said, it's called yeah, Paris, Paris, Texas, Texas. on King, King Street. King Street. Uh, it's going to be the hip new spot. Did Sean Dawson name this restaurant? I'm very suspicious. No, I think so. Why? Well, one of his movies that he recommends to me often is Paris, Texas. Yeah, that is a cool movie. Sean likes, like, he named your band San Sebastian or suggested it and everyone agreed to it. So I'm a little suspicious. I don't think, no, I think Bershaw got brought in after they had already the name of the bar. Got you. It's a great name. Yeah. Well, anyways, we can talk about my little press tour I'm on. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, do you think that you have, you're in, like, wedding shape? You know, people talk about, like, getting into wedding shape, but you're, like, in press tour shape because you're looking very good. Oh, you mean physically? I thought you meant like mentally. Am I getting better with each interview? No, I meant the first thing. Um, Yeah, I I, I come in and out of that type of shape. I'm the type of guy, you know, I have Taco Bell one night and the next day I just look terrible. So I have to be on top of it Mm -hmm. all the time. But yeah, I I think I'm fine. So you had an interview with Tom Power. Oh my goodness. Which is... The preeminent interview show in Canada, like arts and culture, if you, that is like kind of the only game in town, I would argue. I had a perfect plan. Uh-huh. Like I have ADHD. That means <laughs> I tell my brain is scrambled when I tell stories. I want to be clear. I want to be articulate. I'm going to take this anti-anxiety medication to help mm. me out. And I'm going to try it for the first time. <laughs> before you before go on my a national interview. radio interview. So I look up the <laughs> side effects. Oh, <laughs> only one to 2% of people who take this pill. Sweat profusely. (laughs) Of course, that's not going to happen to me. I wear my nice shirt. I have this nice gray colored shirt. Uh Gray is a nice color if you're not sweating. But if you are, it's probably the worst color you could be wearing. Take the pill half an hour later. Sweat through the shirt entirely. And uh, where are you? Are you in Toronto at this point? Or are you back in, in Toronto? So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And and I'm I've wore this also the special deodorant that makes you like sweat glands close up so you don't sweat. Oh, yeah. I sweat, still sweat through the shirt. Have to go buy another shirt. Sweat through that shirt completely. I think the one where the sweat glands closed is called an antiperspirant. Yeah, that's what I, I got. I got it's an it's an antiperspirant. It's on my desk. Good, I don't think those are good for you. Yeah, I, I looked it up. It's all bullshit. Okay. Apparently, it's fine. Yeah. It's like how people say Diet Coke is bad for you, but the amount of aspartame in it is like you'd have to drink 300 a day for like two years of your life. Anyway. Go on. Um, <laughs> oh, good to know. So I show up. <laughs> I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. Um, I show up and I'm just so nervous because of how much I'm sweating. I cannot concentrate at all. Is this the one with Tom Power? This is with Tom Power. Gotcha. I show up to Studio Q and I'm just being so weird. He's wondering what's wrong with me, I think. <laughs> so he's like, hey, man. And he's so casual. He like he just interviewed, uh, who plays Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Yeah. So like, I'm nothing. He's like so comfortable with me. He's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, good. And I just don't say anything. I'm kind of like shaking. <laughs> like, yeah, but really, how are you? I'm like, good. 
<laughs> I'm being so weird. He's like, all right. But uh, I'm like, and then I'm thinking, oh, I have this thing. I'm like, last time I saw you, we were seeing Boys Afraid and you you sat next to me. He's like, yes. Oh, yes. He's like, Manager Ash was telling me uh, you, you were worried that Max was rude to me. I think it was fine. Max wasn't rude. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I think Max is rude to that room. I'm like, I'm, loser. I'm like the biggest loser. And you know when you're being a loser and you don't know you're being a loser, it's kind of fine. Yeah. You don't know, but you know you're being a loser. It's terrible. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of knowing I'm being a loser. Like, let's just start the interview. I'm like, okay. So I put the headphones on and uh, <laughs> he asks, uh, he asked me who my comedy influences are. I'm like, like Conan O'Brien. Cause he had like a, a masturbating bear on. And I think <laughs> masturbating bear is funny because it's silly, but in, inoffensive. And uh, we have Bruce McCall and I'm just rambling on like a fucking loser. Uh, so yeah, needless to say, it's I'm bombing the entire interview and the interview is supposed to be 15 minutes at the shortest. Maybe it can go long if it's going well. I look at 459, uh, like 14 minutes and 59 seconds. The second it goes to 15, he's like, OK, and that's that's we're done right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, it at 15, and that's a sign like you fucked up, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's something to listen to if you like listening to like weird train wrecks, because <laughs> it is fascinating, I think, to listen oh, to something like so that much more interesting and relatable mm -hmm. instead of you going on and killing is less relatable in a yeah. way. you know what i mean well, i good, took a cool photo with them you did it did the lighting and, was great uh yeah. since i sweat so much during that my like jaw is like incredible <laughs> i look like amazing <laughs> so the photo is way cooler so i'm thinking people will think i'm on like the long form version of q uh -huh. where he interviews Paul Simon and big people and people might think I'm at that level because this is actually uh, experimental. They don't do short form interviews like this. It's the first time uh, they've ever yeah, done. Yeah, big get. Big get though. though yeah, that, so I'm very, and last, I'm very appreciative <laughs> of it and I, if Tom listens to this, which maybe he'll know, I, I want him to know that I know that I did not perform at all like what I'm capable of and I, I, I do blame this medication for kind of setting me off in the wrong direction. But every other interview I thought was good. That yeah. I've done. Do you enjoy doing press? Not that one, but every other interview, I think I've been, if awkward, like charmingly awkward. Yeah. Like, but do you get excited? Like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Like, and then you look forward to getting out there and talking to these people. Or do you feel with like it's each just a one more and more? I'm a little bit more comfortable with each one. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you like doing press? Like, cause you know, some people are like, oh, it's just part of the job and I don't necessarily enjoy it. But some people are like, oh, I'm like, get me out there. I want to talk about this. I want to engage with people. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it generally, but, um, we've done so much of it over the years that I'm actually quite judgmental of the people and the production and everything that we're doing. So, there, and, and, and it's very random because sometimes you could be like in a big radio station and then like the person asking the question is like, this person is a fucking idiot. Like this person doesn't know what they're talking about. This mm -hmm. energy is really bad. Yeah. And, and then sometimes you could be interviewed by like some kid at the college newspaper that no one is going to read, but you're like, Oh, this kid's amazing. And they know their shit. They know their Good stuff. Questions. So it's yeah. hard to determine uh, like what, kind of situation you're getting into, but I generally enjoy it just fine. But, but, but you're right. Like, I think you're always like evaluating, like, am I speaking clearly? Am I coming off charming? Am I funny? Yeah. It's just like a memorable thing to be doing. That's a hard thing to When know you in respect the, the interviewer, yeah. that's the hardest thing I find. Yeah. Going in, like how you go in where it's like, you have to win me over. Mm. That's the best form of comfort to be in when you're being interviewed. Yeah. Fine. Hey, but, but you know, when, when Tom's a friend, but when we do Q, we're like, oh, this is a show that, probably the most listened to arts and culture show in Canada. They have an amazing team writing the questions. Tom knows his stuff. Tom's a great interviewer. So it's like, okay, I want to be good for this. Yeah.
Wish I could redo that one, man. No, you were great. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> you were great, having not heard it. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, and obviously, you're doing a lot of press with the other two stars of the show, Jillian and Bella. Yeah. How do you find the dynamic with your thruple as our publicist, well, Amy? I relate says. to Bella so much. Like, we did an e-talk segment, and Bella, uh, she was sweating profusely. <laughs> like, wait, you were you were watching. Yeah. And we had to kind of like, you know, we had this spray that's kind of like, uh, like, we had to hose her down, essentially. <laughs> And then we like someone came with a towel and we wiped her off. Yeah. And Laney, like, the host. Yeah, yeah Lainey came by. She's like, girls help girls. And she pulled out like these little towelettes and we toweled her down. Yeah. And then I just did press with Bella today. Yeah. And Bella was cool as a cucumber. So it was a so relatable. And she went through kind of my experience because she put E-Talk on a bit of a pedestal, like, ooh, we're at the much music building. Lainey's a star. I know Lainey. Lainey's yeah. a star interviewer. Today we did a morning show. And every time there was a question asked, I kind of looked at Bella like you answer this one because Bella was so cool and comfortable. So, yeah, I really like doing press with the uh, with the ladies. And Jillian <laughs> is very composed and comfortable at all times, I find, in her like quirky way of speaking. That's great. That is cool. It's good times. Very pumped. I'm very, very pumped. Yeah, it feels like, a, you know, I was saying this too, like, like after the two screenings and we're on the precipice of the show coming out and you guys have new music out. That's fantastic. People are responding to. It's like, it feels like everything's happening. We're in a really sweet spot, sort of, I think, in our lives. And it feels like a moment. And I don't know. And it's just like, it's nice to live in it. And they always say, oh, no one ever tells you you're in the, the good old days when you're in the good old days. But I think there's times where I can step outside of it and be like, oh, fuck, this is uh this is a good summer. This I just is, want to do more. Oh, yeah. It's oh. like a drug, you know. Yeah. Well, what's the Don Draper line? It's like what happens when you're happy. It's like it's just a momentary break until you want more happiness. Mm, that's very Don Draper. Yeah, <laughs> I might not have that perfectly. <laughs> it went from so positive to now <laughs> how fleeting this is. Well, I'm speaking yeah. to Max's compulsion to keep uh, winning. Yeah. You know, whereas I'm much more kind of like, I'm just, this feels good. Let's oh, speaking of minute. compulsion, I did make a uh, weird 9-11 joke on the e-talk, <laughs> which <laughs> fell terribly flat. They're going to edit it out. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It, did, it did ease the room up a little bit because nice. I was like, Shane's an idiot uh, too. So <laughs> that was good. And just to clarify, I wasn't just like telling a 9-11 joke, which would be very weird. I was referencing one of our sketches and me, the way I talk is weird. And it, it just didn't land properly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's all. The show comes out. Go to Crave. It is available now. Please check out the dessert. Uh, we're very proud of it. Six episodes. And honestly, DM the Best Hang Podcast and let us know your thoughts. We just like reading. We love that people are engaging with it. And then uh, if you want to see us in person or hang out or say what's up, Montreal. End of July, uh, July 27th. It's a Thursday. We're going to have a panel for the dessert. We are also going to be doing a live podcast with Max, myself, and Shane, and a guest to be named later, which is very exciting. We'll be one of the, the comedians that is at the festival. So we'll all be in Montreal and uh, hanging out and having a good time, maybe the best. That's it for the episode, I think. Thank you so much, Nathan Nash. Thank you to Manager Ash. Thank you to everybody for listening. Hopefully you had a good time, because we sure did. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.